Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's my pleasure to welcome you here to the Clark Howard Show. Our mission is to serve you with information, with knowledge that empowers you to make better financial decisions in your life. In today's episode, it's been an age-old debate, at least for Clarkies, Costco versus Sam's Club. But this time, it's about gasoline based on a question a listener posed just a couple of weeks ago. I've done some digging. I've got the definitive answer about whose gas is better, not cheaper, whose gas is better and why. Also, are you expecting a raise next year where you work? Well, some companies are going to pick and choose, and I'm going to tell you about what next year's picture is like versus what we've had the last three and what you should do if your employer decides, nah, not so much, no more raises for you. So we had this question recently because I talked about how I'm both the Sam's member and a Costco member. I buy gas occasionally because I drive an electric vehicle, but I rent cars about 30 times a year. I got to put gas in the rental cars. So I go to wherever is cheapest. And most of the time, that's going to be one of the warehouse clubs, wherever I am in the country. So somebody recently posed a question to me that we had on the podcast. How could I buy gas from Sam's Club? when it's not top-tier gas. You know, Costco's top-tier gas. So I explained generally what top-tier gas was, and I promised I was going to go do more reading. It turns out that both Consumer Reports and AAA say that top-tier gas is worth it. Top-tier gas has additives that are very protective of the engine based on research by AAA, a significant difference for your car that you will own over time. For me, you know, it's like they say nobody ever washes a rental car. I've never paid any attention when I've gone to fill up a rental car, whether the place I'm filling up at has top-tier gas or not. But if you keep your car for a good long while, buying from a place that has top-tier gas, according to these experts, is very much to your advantage for reducing potential problems with the engine in your car and the longevity and reliability of that engine. Again, I am just parroting what I've read, and I can't vouch for what I'm telling you. I'm just telling you what I've read to answer this question that came up and about what top-tier gas is. Top-tier gas is a standard where the gasoline sold meets higher quality levels than regular gas that is approved by your state. You know, your state, you'll see in most states, there'll be some kind of sticker at each pump that the state has checked the quality of the gas and it's good to go and it meets federal minimums. Top tier 
is called that because it meets a higher standard. And yes, it's not just a matter of Costco sells top tier, Sam's does not. A lot of people aren't in the warehouse club thing. They don't shop at warehouse clubs. There may not be one convenient when you're filling up. And if you go to toptiergas.com, you can put in your zip and you see what's available near you. The chain based in Oklahoma that sells in states across the country from Arizona all the way back east to the east coast and a lot of places in the Midwest, Quick Trip, not the KWIK, the QUIK trip from Oklahoma is top tier gas. I have a Costco near me. They call their top tier gas, naturally enough, Kirkland Signature. And then there are some independents nearby that sell top tier gas, including some of the brand name oil company stations that sell. So if this is something you're keeping a car you own a long time, this is something you may consider. I'm sure there are people in the oil industry who say it's a bunch of hooey and why am I wasting my breath talking about it? Uh, There are others who think this is really something you should consider and that there is, in fact, a quality difference that's worth it that does not cost you any more money, costs the operator or owner of the station more money to sell you gas that meets top-tier standards. And it's up to you where you choose to buy and whether this is something in our busy lives that you would worry about. So that's it. If you're in the oil industry and you want to have something to say about this, well, you got clark.com slash Clark Stinks to have your say. And Krista is out this week with family, so Nicole is here. It's great to have you here. Who do we have first on today's podcast? So first we have Suzanne in Georgia. She says, is now a good time to begin a career in auto sales? Suzanne, yes, it is, because the average age of people who work in auto sales has really gotten much older Younger people are not going into the field. There's a big need for you. The reason that the industry has had so much trouble is that younger people are completely turned off by the traditional way dealers have sold cars, known as the grind, where they do everything they can to rip off the buyer. And I could use some expressions that they use at dealerships that are not suitable for a family-oriented podcast, that are some pretty disgusting terms they use. I even had the experience of having a disgruntled employee give me one day the names of the weekly contest winners at a dealership chain for people who took the most advantage of a vehicle buyer at that dealership chain. And I could not believe it. Now, a lot of people in the car game now play it really clean. And I would encourage you, Suzanne, that if you go to work for any newer used car dealer that's playing it dirty, that you head for the exits. Learn what you can there and go somewhere that does it right. But yes, there are real opportunities in the business selling new and used cars at plenty of places that treat the customer with respect on the used car side, have full satisfaction guarantees with the right to return a used car you purchase 
for from seven to 30 days and allow you to see the car facts, have the car inspected by who you choose, all that. Most action is on the used car side. Make sure you end up at a place that does it right by the customer. And I believe you do it right by the customer. Ultimately, you make more money. From Jason in Utah, I'm moving across country in January 24 and renting a U-Haul. What is the best place to purchase insurance for the moving truck? My insurance policy does not cover these types of vehicles. By the way, moving west to east is almost $1,200 more for a 26-foot truck versus east to west. Okay, first things first, Jason. When you're moving in January, price different days of pickup of the truck and different companies. Don't just get quotes from U-Haul. There are many different companies that rent trucks. You want quotes from various providers of one-way truck rentals. It will be really surprising to you how much the price difference can be from one one one-way truck rental company to another to another. As a general rule, it's hard to buy coverage on a 26-foot truck from anyone other than the company you're renting the truck from. It is normal that your own automobile insurance will not cover you for a one-way truck rental. So I've looked, because last time I rented a moving truck, and I was driving a big one. Oh, it was funny. I think I told this before. I had rented a small truck. I think it was a 16-footer. And I got there, and all that was there were the giant, long trucks. They said, and there's no additional charge for the upgrade. (laughs) I was moving just a really big couple of items, and I didn't need, I just needed the box, you know, the size of the truck. And I'm having to drive this gigantic truck. Oh, man, I uh, I was outclassed by that truck doing turns in it. Wow. But anyway, I digress. You mentioned the east-west versus west-east. I talked about this, I think in the spring, about how moving truck rates are totally dynamically demand pricing. And if you're moving from a place where there's a lot of demand moving south or east or west or whatever, you're going to pay far more. And right now, as an example, If you're moving from Florida to the Northeast or the Midwest, you may be able to get a truck for almost nothing because the moving, the one-way truck rental companies need those trucks in the Northeast and the Midwest because there's been a migration of people from colder climate places to warmer climate places. And so there's an imbalance where the trucks are and that's what you're experiencing. But Flex on days that you pick up the truck in January and flex on shopping different companies. And you may be surprised how much price difference there will be on that truck. You can't change which direction you're moving, but you can change potentially the date and certainly the company. Funny, I had the same experience you had recently with the moving truck company. I oh, had what to size decline. were you trying to rent? I was just trying to rent the small one and they only had the big gigantic ones. And I just had to decline the rent. I couldn't, I couldn't possibly drive that truck through the city. I had to decline. I, I had to go to another company. I got in that truck <laughs> and I changed my route. I went out of my way where I could do a bunch of right turns because 
I just couldn't see there was a tight left I was going to have to make. I was on a road with uh, three lanes of traffic coming towards mm -hmm. me. I was like, no, I'm not doing this because, you know, if, if there's any grit at all, three rights equal a left. And that's just what I did so that I wouldn't have to do that in the truck. And I actually brought it back in one piece. I was a little rattled, but the truck was okay. Yeah, good for you. <laughs> Next question is from Joanne in Massachusetts. I have a Toyota. Yesterday, I went to the dealer to get an oil change and have some maintenance done. They talked me into doing the front brakes and rotors and a few other things. Even with the coupons, it cost me... $1,070. Supposedly. Wait, wait, you, were you went in for a free thing? She didn't go in for it being free, but they threw it in for free. We'll, we'll read later on. Okay. So they talked her into front brakes, rotors, a few other things, and she ended up with over a $1,000 bill. Supposedly, the oil change was free. They charged me $29.99 to rotate the tires. It wasn't included with the oil change. Should I continue to go to the dealer since I know it'll be done right if I go there? Or should I try to find cheaper prices elsewhere? It's ridiculous. Okay. First of all, I don't know who made you think, Joanne, that going to the dealer means it's going to be done right. No, 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 no. Okay. Second, the mechanics are on commission and they work from a book, service writers on commission, and the prices are set by a book. Who knows if you even needed the front brakes and rotors before I would have ever authorized a $1,000 repair that may be totally unnecessary. Maybe it was, maybe not. I would have gone for a second opinion, particularly with Japanese and European cars. There are independent repair shops that do certain brands or certain style of cars. Um, there are shops that specialize in a variety of European brands working independently from the brand name dealers for those European brands. And for the Japanese, there are shops that, independent shops that only work on Toyota and Lexus, only work on Honda and Acura. The idea is this business is both specialized now and has competition. So anytime you are having work done, uh, particularly on an ultra popular, Toyota is the world's largest automaker. So all over the country, there are these independent repair facilities for Toyota. Doesn't mean that they're better than the dealer. Could mean they're worse. Could mean they are better. The point is, you're not a captive of the dealer. And I really like the independent shops because you get to talk, many times you get to talk face to face with that mechanic instead of a commission service writer that you see at the dealership. So I'm really sorry about the cost. And what we'll never know is, did you actually need the new brakes, the new rotors, who knows? Because they call it in the restaurant business, you ate the evidence, you authorized the repair. So that's why second opinions are really valuable, just as with if you have something ailing you and one doctor says, oh, well, you need to have this, that, or the other be sliced and diced. You go for a second opinion, right? When it gets expensive with your vehicle, same thing. Coming up ahead, oh man, speak of the marketplace, new survey says a lot of employers have no intention of giving a lot of their workers any raise next year. We're going to talk about that. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. In recent years, employers have found themselves in an uncomfortable position. The employees have had the upper hand. Employers in career field after career field after career field have had to bid up wages to attract workers. The union movement in the United States was barely on life support. Non-governmental, you know, in, in capitalist sector, something like only 6 or 7% of jobs are unionized at this point. The airlines, uh, nearly 100% unionized, and there are a few other professions. We just saw with the GM, Ford, and Stellantis strike that the UAW, that had become a 98-pound weakling, suddenly roared like a lion and got these huge pay packages for their workers from uh, what's considered to be the most successful strike in a generation. And so employers are not happy that we have the upper hand as employees. So they're doing everything they can to rein in labor costs. So I read something in the business journals, a survey that found that of employers planning to give raises next year, half of those employers are going to give raises to less than half of their employees. They're going from bringing the wheelbarrow and handing out raises, carte blanche, to now saying, whoa, we're going to be really, really intentional and try to scope out who we got to give raises to and everybody else, nothing, nada, not a penny. So you'll start to get a sense if you work at a place where there's an annual review and that's when they tell you, well, you know, our, our salary increase range this year is from minus five to, uh, well, zero or whatever it is, whatever song and dance you hear, you're going to have a clear indication or from friends that'll say, you know, who you work with, who say, you know what, they gave me a big fat nothing is a raise this year. And yeah, inflation's down, but it's still going up roughly 3% a year. 
they don't give you a raise. You got 3% less buying power if there's no raise at all. And so if you are working at a place that the mentality is the workers have been just getting too much of the pie and we're, we're going to, we're just going to reduce their slice of the pie. You know, if that's what it's like where you work, know that the marketplace, not as favorable as it was before for workers, but still very favorable. You can test the waters. You don't express anger or whatever. You don't make yourself a marked person that when the next round of right-sizing comes along, that you're on the right-sizing list, i.e. the layoff list. I mean, don't tee off at the boss, but it may be a signal to you, you go shop yourself in the market and see what else is out there. You know, people who did that in the last three years ended up making a lot more money doing so. So just an idea for you, just something for you to think about, because it's your life, your career, and you're the one who's got the bills you got to pay. Nicole? From Tom in Aren't Illinois. you going to tell me I'm walking out the door right now? <laughs> no. <laughs> no? No? Okay. No. <laughs> Tom in Illinois, you recently mentioned fee changes in the TSP and that it was no longer a favorite child. I am unsure whether I should pull some of my money from the TSP. Could you say more about the changes? Yeah. Okay. So there's been uh, unhappiness across the land with changes made in the TSP, administrative changes where people have had trouble getting good information and all that. This was a program that wasn't broken and now is a little wounded. Don't know what happened behind the scenes. It's a program for federal workers, so somehow I'm sure politics or lobbyists were involved. As I have read and understand the changes, if you stay in the traditional investment choices in the TSP, you're not going to be hurt by the changes. It's people who get conned into the new, supposedly improved basket of much higher cost mutual funds you now can go into, you will have a variety of additional administrative fees you'll pay. There's no reason to change outside of the original choices made in a TSP that you have already made. The original choices were more than robust enough and wide enough and incredibly low cost. The new improvements are actually a U-turn that's bad. And so just Stay with what you got, ignore the new options, and as best I've been able to understand in the documents, you will not suffer from the new much higher fees if you ignore the supposedly new and improved options. From John in Wisconsin, I was afraid an email message I received from Netflix was announcing a price increase, but no, it's just a price update. <laughs> We're updating the price of the basic plan to eleven ninety nine. it says. Whoever came up with that euphemism deserves a salary update. A no salary update, yeah. <laughs> it's a funny thing because you hear me talk about it a lot with corporate America. They're using silly language and lying to your customer. Just tell them the truth. Even if you have to say, we're experiencing higher programming costs, and we hate to do it, but the new higher price of our basic plan is now eleven ninety nine. 
I mean, people are receiving these from every streaming service known to humankind that the rates are headed much higher. And it's because the industry is going through a shift from a search for market share to a search for profits. You know, in the early pioneering days of streaming, all these companies were willing to lose billions. And now they're like, huh, this isn't really working for us losing all these billions. So they're cutting back on the number of shows they're producing and they're ending what for us was a giant subsidy where they were selling the monthly programming packages way below their costs. So both of these things are happening at once. So we're going to see less content available moving forward and we're going to experience higher prices. So when the rubber meets the road like that, what should you do? You should really think through, are you taking that path anymore? Do you really watch Netflix enough to keep it? Do you watch Disney enough to keep it? Do you watch Hulu enough to keep it? Do you watch Paramount enough, Peacock, and whatever else is out there, Apple Plus or Apple TV or whatever it's called? I mean, we don't have enough hours in the day to watch all these things. And so the the choice we have to make if we care about our wallet, is that we say, yeah, I kind of liked watching that, but I can live without it. Or you do what some people do where they only watch a particular streaming service for one particular show. So sign up for it for a month, binge watch that show, and then discontinue it. And the streaming services are used to people doing that now, which is why they're all pushing discounts if you pay for a year all at once up front. So unless you just know you watch that streaming service all the time, stay month to month and every month look through what you're doing and the ones you're not watching, get rid of them and call it what it is, Netflix and everybody else. It's a price increase. From Emily and other. Hey Clark, you mentioned that you travel a lot. Where are you going all of the time? (laughs) I think your Clarkies would all like to know why you travel so much. Cheers. And we had a joke from one of our subscribers on YouTube said, he must have a girlfriend somewhere. (laughs) Wow. Wow. So uh, if that was true, I'd be dead and my wife would be in prison. So we can settle that right now. (laughs) I love it. I love travel. I'm not a fugitive from justice. I'm not trying to avoid law enforcement going all over the world. I get a joy out of travel that is so strong. It means so much to me. And my oldest brother, those of you who've listened or watched a long time, are aware that my oldest brother, Gary, and his wife, Deborah, when they both retired from the law, they traveled around the world. They sold their home sold their possessions, sold their cars, and they just traveled the world for right up to when COVID happened. They still have no home they own. They live in Florida seven months a year, and they travel stationary in Florida seven months a year. They travel the other five months, so they've cut back from having no normal place. So I guess it's in our family that we're a bunch of wanderers. Our middle brother is either on a trip, just returned from a trip, or about to go on a trip. So it's just in us, and I don't know why. 
but I love it. I love it. I mean, I'm going to the airport tomorrow and I'm like excited going to the airport. So yeah, I probably did get dropped on my head when I was really young, but it means both my brothers did too. And it's time for today's Clarky. Yes. And our Clarky today is George. Yes. My name is George. I live in central Florida. I've been listening to Clark Howard for many years, so long that I used to drive my kids crazy with static-filled AM radio. Something must have rubbed off because they actually use your website whenever they have a consumer question. What I really wanted to say is that in this cynical age, I'm a 72-year-old man, and it's hard to have heroes. But Clark Howard is a man of impeccable moral integrity, a charitable giving heart, and a great love of country, and I admire him greatly. You're a mensch, Clark Howard. You're a mensch. Wow. Wow. So sweet. George, thank you very much. You know, I have had a privilege. I've been in public life since 1987 as, a, you know, radio, TV, newspaper, books, uh, now podcasts, websites, newsletters, everything we do. As I say, I hear my eulogy every day. It's been such a privilege to be of service over these many decades, but at the same time that I've made a connection with you one at a time, even if I've never met you, that we have this connection. And I appreciate the kind words you said. I try, I'm like any other human being. I do wrong things. I make mistakes, uh, but I try to set a good example as best I can. And in a time where we doubt each other so much, we doubt institutions, I try to be someone who is out there who says, you know, there's goodness in the world. And I believe that most people are good people and most people want to help others. And we just don't know how to do it and how to make that difference. So it's really, really kind of you to say that. And I'm glad that together we were able to use propaganda to get your kids to make good decisions with their wallets too. I love that when it's passed from generation to generation with good decisions about money, good money habits, and doing what we talk about every day, learning ways to save more and spend less and avoid getting ripped off. And I hope you have a great rest of your day.